Welcome to Dharma If You Dare. I'm Christopher Lawley, Planet Dharma team member and producer of the podcast. For our first episode of the new season, I thought it would be a good fit to use today's excerpt from a recent online course where Doug Duncan and Catherine Poisseret speak about what form the teachings will likely take in the 21st century. One of the things I most appreciate about them as teachers is that they are always looking for new ways to expand and deepen the fullness of the practice and also the breadth and number of tools we can bring to bear on our unfoldment. That's why I think this is a great recording to start with as we begin season four. Given how teachings of spiritual liberation have evolved throughout the millennia to speak to the cultural context in which they found themselves, in what ways will the expression of timeless wisdom evolve and adapt in the coming years? How can they leverage the best of contemporary innovation in order to make themselves more accessible and keep their relevance to modern day seekers? Perhaps most importantly, how will the teachings evolve to fully manifest 21st century awakening? This content also links nicely to the Dharma training concept I brought up recently in the trailer for this season. Doug and Catherine discuss ways that we can leverage feedback from teachers, as well as Sangha members, to train ourselves to be more fully integrated. Before we hear today's recording, I wanted to let you know that we now have a Patreon account to support this podcast. By becoming a micro-patron, you can help us upgrade our equipment, expand our production bandwidth, and grow our listening audience. This also gives us a chance to connect with our most enthusiastic listeners with monthly updates and extended cuts of recordings. You can learn more and participate at patreon.com slash planetdharma. And now here's today's recording. So we're going to return a bit to the training thing. We, we talked about the yogic model and we talked about the monastic model and how we're trying to do both. That we, we put you into retreats and have you spend time alone as part of the yogic model, do your own work. And then we have the monastic model, learn how to live in community, how to work with other people, how to go through the being comfortable with uncomfortable and community situations. So that's part of our program to the monastic model. We're also trying to work with the virtual model, which is all you people out there and, and, and how can we have a, a living monastery that is virtual and local? There's actually no word for it. So we've got to invent one. But the, the point I'd like to make about this, moving the training forward into the 21st century and moving it beyond the traditional Buddhist Hindu thing, Christian thing, is that traditions have been very successful at adapting or adopting from what was before them. So for instance, when Buddhism went from India into Tibet, it met shamanism. So what they did is they just took the shamanism and overlaid Buddhist principles on top of it. So now you have deities and mantras and they look like crows or cows or they look like elephants or they look like something else horses because this was the culture and they just simply translated the understanding and the view through the language and the paradigm that they found themselves in christianity did the same thing right when it took over from the pagan religions it took a lot of the rites and understandings like they took aphrodite and they turned her into mary magdalene or something i'm not exactly sure the exact correspondence, but they built the temples on top of the same places that the pagan temples were. They built Christian churches. 
So the argumentation is, what is it going to look like bringing these traditions into the 21st century? And our view on it is that it's going to look a lot like systems. We are systems people. So business systems, accounting systems, educational systems, government systems, medical systems. Our view is that we're going to use these tools that are already in our society and overlay the traditional lifelong, never-changing principles of awakening into that structure, which makes it a lot easier going back to Sarah's point. How do you integrate the soaring bird, which is Christ consciousness, if you will, with the anthill of daily life? Well, in the old days, you go to a monastery and you give up the anthill, or you go to the anthill and somebody else would be paid or supported to do the vision. You couldn't do both. We're saying Did you, you say can. go to the anthill? Well, well, she used an anthill as a metaphor. Daily life. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. You threw me there for a minute. Uh, so we think you can do both. And the teaching encourages you to do both. And so we're working on developing that kind of training. Yeah. So you can be trained in your daily life to be awakened. Yeah, rather than to having say, to be a monastery. Or, I'm sorry. Um, well, I think we're smoking. We're smoking. I think we're pretty good. We need. We still have to work on our systems. Stay tuned. <laughs> the systems are evolving. Stay tuned to learn speak. more. But we are smoking. Anyway, that also brings us back to the teacher principle. And the reason, the main reason for a teacher is that if you've looked at my golf game, you'll understand Dean. Dean's a better golfer than me, and, and so is almost everybody. But insofar as Dean looks at my golf game and he says, oh, he's got a blind spot. He's swinging too fast. And he says, I think you're just swinging too fast. And most golfers say, out of here. But if I want to get better, I should, I should listen to somebody who's better, right? So the nature of spiritual teaching is no different. You want to be talking to somebody who's had the experience. They know how to live in epiphany, right? So that they can help you see why you're not an epiphany. So why are you not an epiphany, Duncan, insofar as you're not? What keeps you out? Preferences, which is a kind of blind spot. Duncan's answer, in case people couldn't hear, was the preferences. The preference went. So the preference produces a blind spot. I have a preference for chocolate, which means I can't be happy if I don't have chocolate. And the teacher comes along and says, "Look, you have to learn to not need chocolate. And when you can let go of needing chocolate, then you can dwell in in a clear state, an epiphany, and you can still have the chocolate." but you can't have the chocolate until you give it up. So part of the path is renunciation. And the other part of the path is renouncing the renunciation so you don't get stuck there, which is what monasteries don't do. And I said one time to Sensei, he was giving me a training about one of my blind spots. And I said very famously, you're always so right with everybody else. (laughs) And for the record, I was joking. Sensei likes to retell that story and leave out the part that I was kidding. but um, well, Because it's a really good teaching. Yeah, but that's what it feels like, right? Is when we, the training seems so good for everybody else. And it's like, why is it though that the teacher just doesn't understand me? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's when going back to what we were talking before, we've got to doubt the doubter. Mm-hmm. We've got to say like, well, if they seem right with everybody else except me, maybe... I can just reserve that judgment for another day and consider that they might possibly be right with me. And we encourage people like all of this is really meant to be examined. empirical. It's really meant to be, yeah, examined and tested. 
we really do not ask you to take our word for anything. So in this case, it's a really good example to say, you know, say in this case, Doug Sensei gave me this teaching and I don't see it, but what do you think, Maureen? Can, you know, have you seen me exhibit that behavior? And then I don't need to take just Maureen's word for it. I can ask Richard and Dean and, you know, I can get various opinions. And, and the cool thing about that is that people do see different aspects of it and people also can explain it in different ways. And sometimes that can be a little bit like, oh, that's what they meant. Okay, that I get. So that's a great exercise when you think your teacher or trainer is just full of shit. I spent 30 years with my teacher and he uh, was never wrong on principle. He got the details wrong sometimes and he may have had things out of position occasionally. And this is not from my view, but from cross-referencing. But on principle, the principle of awakening, he was always right. Does that make sense? So if I go to Tiger Woods, he may say, oh, you know, okay, you're five foot 10 and I'm six foot one and I forgot to allow for that difference in your swing. But the mechanics of it would be on because it's a universal. I mean, this metaphor may not work, but you get the idea. Or if I go to a cooking professional and and each person is going to cook a pie different, right? That's that's individual predominance. You're all different. You're going to manifest the awakened mind all differently. But the principle remains the same of, of what is good cooking principles versus, well, do you put the paprika in the apple pie or you do not put the paprika in the apple pie? Well, you know, the teacher might say, well, if you put it in, you're going to get this. Has anybody ever put paprika in apple pie? Okay. I, I'm hoping it doesn't work by way of my story. Cayenne, thank you. Right? So you got, well, that's, you know, that's not really cayenne. doesn't really match apple pie. You can do it, but it's probably nobody's going to want the pie. So the teacher is going to say, it's probably not a good idea. They, never, they hardly ever tell you not to do something. And they very rarely tell you what to do. They just say, are you sure that's a good idea? I don't think that's going to take you where you want to go. And then it's up to you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review Dharma If You Dare on your favorite podcast app to help more people find and benefit from these teachings. And don't forget to subscribe to get episodes and bonus content sent directly to your device. If you find these teachings resonate and are wondering how to explore them further, I suggest you visit planetdharma.com events to see the variety of online and in-person offerings coming up. Whether through the upcoming formal retreats on Zogchen, Medicine Buddha, or Zen, or online teachings and Q&A like Enlighten Up and Digital Dojo, there is a wealth of programming to suit any level of interest and availability. That's planetdharma.com slash events. See you next time, and may all our efforts benefit all beings.